right. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. We are here on a lovely Friday, summer Friday, uh, that I like to, to think about here. Um, we've got Joel Premack. I did it right, hopefully. Yeah. Joel Premack, who is um, a community leader at Lattice. He's somebody that I've gotten to know from his thoughtful content that he puts out there. Uh, he's got a podcast. He's uh, been around in the community space for um, quite a bit of time. So Joel, excited for you to be on today and uh, coming to us live. Where are you coming to us from today? Chicago. What's the what's the summer weather in Chicago? Is this the best time of year for you? Uh, personally, I'm more of like a spring or fall kind of person. Okay. I like like 50s, 60s, give me that any good day. You can throw on like a Henley and jeans, life is good. That, I like that. So it, so you're, I almost, um, you're almost answering one of the first icebreakers I like to ask people, but I'm going to, I'll more specifically ask it, but if Joel is building his perfect Saturday morning, what does that look like? Ooh. Uh, we'll go with waking up at like seven ish. I'm a morning person just naturally. So yeah. I'm being generous when I say I actually wake up at seven because that does not happen. I'm usually up between like 5.30 and 6.30. Oh my god! Just gosh. naturally. Yeah. Um, I'll wordle with my mom, talk to her for like an hour or so after we're done wordling. And then, I don't know, what else? Pretty boring. <laughs> Go work out. That's I was going to say, yeah, maybe fun. it's like getting, getting outdoors, doing, doing some sort of movement routine or, get, you know, kind of getting moves going. Yeah, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll work on like my podcast, like just depends what I've got going on that day. But overall, it definitely starts with like just waking up, whirling with my mom and chatting with her for a little bit. So what's your, that's... are you, a, uh, do you like caffeinated beverages? What's your, what's your go-to? Are you a coffee person, tea, no caffeine? Neither. I've actually yeah. never had coffee in my life. Oh my gosh. Like not a drop. <laughs> I, I would actually say that's probably the way to go. I can't tell you. I'm, I was a person who drank coffee for the first time in college. And then now with our son being up, you know, early and whatnot, I'm fully addicted. It's like a bad, it's like a, I know I shouldn't be drinking this much coffee, but somehow I keep doing it. Um, you know, I can't imagine the amount of money I've spent at Starbucks over the past 10 years. So, um, I like your, I think your route is the more safe safe route to go uh, in terms of your money in your pocket and probably your your health. I would imagine that. It's probably uh, I will equally say, though, it depends because I definitely have met people who've never drank coffee. And then in like their 30s or later in life, then they turned into coffee drinkers. Oh. So it could change down the road for me. But yeah. at least up until the ripe age of 27, yeah. I've not had to drop a coffee. We'll see if it continues. <laughs> uh -huh. I like that fun fact about you though. Have not drank coffee. Um, so I will I'll make a note of that, you know, not to send not to send Joel a thank you gift of coffee. Um that would I mean, be... if you do, I'll probably give it to my sister. So she'll enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. And then I look like the best brother ever. Yeah. So actually, I'm good yeah. with that. There you go. I, yeah. And uh, in the note I would send you, I would actually say, um, hey, just want to make sure you're the best brother, give this to your sister. You know, it's, it's even a better, it's more of a an emotional connection, emotional win um mm -hmm. than anything. So all right, second icebreaker. If you didn't live in Chicago and you had to be in the continental US, where would you live? Probably New York City. New so York City? Close, closer to Chicago than San Francisco. Um, still want a big city, like that it's easily connected, have friends, family out there, love visiting. 
could go into the lettuce office if I wanted to <laughs> yeah. when I'm out there. So yeah. All right. Uh, well, hopefully those weren't, those weren't too bad. You know, we didn't have to, uh, didn't have to make you sweat, but no. Joel, um, to me, I thought a really fun thing to do would be to talk through just community. I think it's become, um, a very big buzzword in, I would just say business sense. And I think a lot of software businesses are looking at community and I think they've, um, I think it's, you know, been around for a number of years, but I think now kind of over the last number of years with COVID understanding that kind of in-person events were going away, kind of meeting with your customers in office was something that was just becoming harder. Um, I think it accelerated how leaders around these software companies were thinking about connecting with customers or connecting customers with each other. Um, and so I think it just kind of accelerated this, hey, we should look at community movement. Um, and so I figured that'd be fun to talk through with you. Somebody who's been in community for a long time. I think you've seen a couple of different um, angles of community. So maybe this is a precursor before we jump into um, kind of our, our core question is, you know, how did you get your start in community? Like, what was that, you know, what was that kind of early rise like um, as you kind of got into the community world? Yeah. Uh, so my first role in community was back in starting almost like unintentionally in it in uh, 2017 at Sills Assembly. I joined them as like an intern um, and then grew over time as the organization grew too into a community manager role. I was there for just about two and a half years. Um, and so that's really where I first learned about B2B SaaS and like tech overall because they don't teach it in college, um, even though that I firmly believe it's one of the best like industries to ever work in because it's so interesting and amazing. Um, and then from there, just kind of couldn't shake it. So did a boomerang and came back into community. And now my third full-time role in my career. So here at Lattice on the social and community team. That's awesome. Yeah. As we were talking just a couple of minutes before press and record, I think one of the, the core questions that we were going to talk through today was, you know, community, it seems like, um, it seems like, you know, if you have kind of a targeted approach, you could solve a couple of different business challenges. There's some kind of goals and KPIs that could come along with that. So um, maybe as kind of painting the landscape for the audience, you know, where where are maybe common places that you kind of see a community rolling up into in terms of like teams uh, at some of these software organizations? Yeah. Uh, so the three most common departments or functions that I've seen communities live in are one product. I know one organization who has it in product, two marketing. And I will say that kind of depends on the nature of the community. And then three CX or CS, um, whether it's like customer experience overall, whether there's a CS like customer success ops and it lives in there, customer success overall, customer support, somewhere in that realm though. Yeah. Um, those three are generally the buckets where I've seen community live. But Let's... I also think like, oh, sorry. No, no, go for it. Oh, I was just going to say, I also think that in the future, we're going to see more just like chief community officers. Yeah. And therefore, community is going to be its own pillar within an organization, not within another function. Yeah. Do you think that, do you see that future vision becoming more reality because it can solve because community ends up being such a kind of a cross-functional initiative because you you kind of we're talking about these different departments right but it, and so it seems like it can kind of serve different goals is that the main reason why you see it kind of laddering up into its own own role like that um it definitely 
doesn't hurt <laughs> that I think it can touch so many departments as to why it should be its own. I also believe that it could be its own based on one, it's just, it's a very strategic initiative. It needs its own staff, it needs its own budget, and it needs its own like OKRs or goals attached to it, of course, just like any other thing in a growing organization. Um, but I also think that like it can have such a vast impact that the whole concept of community or community-led growth can really touch every team from product to sales, to marketing, to CX, customer success, whatever you kind of call your organization. Yeah. Um, and really just like from those metrics, I mean, those things, assuming things are being positively impacted, then those roll up into higher things, such as like net dollar retention or NRR, AR growth, which then of course lead up to more like C-suite and board level metrics of like funding, valuation, employee growth based on the needs of your organization. Like the impact community can have if it's successful and your organization like approaches it well and executes the program and strategy that you all want well, I firmly believe can impact everything up to the board that they see. Even if you can't always put a solid line to it, you might be able to put a dotted line to it, but you'll know and feel that your organization is being positively impacted for sure by it. Yeah, it, it is one of those things, you know, I've been, um, I've been doing community just, I mean, I've been building our own community for a number of years and it's, it is one of those things that um, sometimes it's hard to explain, but you can, you know, it, you can feel it, you can kind of see it in some of the market. Um, but I think there have been ways that people have been getting better at making some of that connection to some of the business results or outcomes. Um, and I think the, the thing that comes to mind for me, as you think about communities is that um, you need to be good at, at telling that story and articulating that over time. You know, I think the, um, sometimes it's it's like here's the metric in the here and now, but I think with a lot of community initiatives that I've seen um, and some of the the members, uh, some of our customers here at Higher Logic that I've talked to, the reason I think they've been successful when they start to um, help the business see the outcomes that they're driving is that they're showing this story over time, and it's not just a here in this finite moment I drove this much pipeline in this quarter. It's been hey look at this trend over time, right? Hey, we've kind of seen as we've invested in this community, um, you know, we put in dollars or people, um, time, energy, other resources and technology, you know, hey, we've kind of, it's almost like, can we show the investment? And then here are some of those metrics over time that we're seeing, you know, and we can make these strong inferences, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of times, you know, businesses want, I put a dollar in, I get $2 out, and there's only very minimal things that that can actually work for, you know, there's only, only so many parts that you can actually say, hey, this is $1 and $2 out, because uh, there's a lot of assumption a lot of assumptions, there's a lot of inferences that happen. And so um, I would also say as you, as people think out there, you know, for communities, you know, how can you make some of those strong inferences and say, hey, we've invested in these areas and now we're seeing some of these other metrics pick up. And, you know, the one main thing we changed is that we invest in this community, right? So we can kind of make a, a strong inference. So I just think uh, to me, that's a big part that I've seen um, at least with some of these leaders. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I also think that your goals and where you'll see those numbers impacted also really depends on like the type of community um, strategy that you actually decide to go with because the same strategy that like you all deployed at like higher logic might not work for someone who's a 50 employee company maybe seed between series a 
maybe, maybe just post Series A, like just different resources, different needs of your organization, et cetera, than where higher logic is in like your, it's like company life cycle. So I think that it's important to also recognize that there are like different types of ways to invest in community that also then have like different outcomes likely associated with it versus like here's community watch everything just happen at once like no it's not gonna solve everything especially if it's not if there's no like intention and you just think that like putting people in a room virtually whether it's like a slack a linkedin group whatever you kind of want to create um or buy if it's like a platform uh to support your community efforts like i think that there's plenty of ways that they can impact it but you also have to know which metrics to look at for the type of community that you're planning to launch or at least like try as like a v1 yeah that's a a uh, huge point. I think, you know, it's it's um, common to fall into that trap. It can help solve a lot of problems, right? Hey, it can solve a lot of problems. And then sometimes people are like, oh, that sounds a little too good to be true, right? So it's like, hey, we got to figure out where we're focused. So almost going back to the, I think the point that you had mentioned before we hopped on the call. So maybe let's talk through uh, just some of the, the differences that we might see in a product community versus a marketing versus a kind of a CX or customer success community. So maybe starting with product first, like, how do you think about uh, maybe the purpose of, of people who are starting product communities uh, and maybe some of the things that they would expect to see out of a community like that. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to change it a little bit. So there are kind of three ways that I view communities. So there's yep. the two most common communities of practice yep. and communities of product, which I also very closely tied to like customer communities because, well, you need customers and therefore it's going to be about your product to a degree. Yep. You can't really separate the two, um, at least logically in my head. So that's two. And then the third that I most commonly see, which is kind of like a different one, um, is companies sponsoring third-party communities, such as like Rev Genius, such as Pavilion, such as Sales Assembly, um, RevOps Co-op, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think when it comes to like a community of product, and or customers you're going to kind of see like first is you want to have a really good feedback loop for people to share feedback like on your current product as it is today because they're going to be asking questions likely about how do you do xyz in it especially if it's like a super technical product for a technical persona uh we've seen time and time again that community and part of really like a broader developer relations program is very successful for that persona but that's a core element of the needed way one to connect with their peers who are building or using your product but then two to also then provide feedback to your organization so that then they can see improvements and then the benefit overall to the community is that like members feel like Heard, they feel seen, they feel connected as part of the journey to make your product successful, better, more helpful, and therefore more impactful for them and their work, which especially for like that type of work, when you're in a technical persona role, like is the goal. You want it to see like higher levels of usage. So therefore 
you want the product to be working better and smarter and more effectively for that audience to go build or execute whatever they're trying to do off of it. So I'd say that's one. If you're leaning more into like the community of customers, um, but yet still tied like to a product, I think that that's an opportunity where you'd likely see a lot of like support ticket deflection, a lot of advocacy and customer marketing kind of tied in too. So that's like a great opportunity where customer support on that ticket deflection through like a strong help center might come up that's integrated into your community as well as like peer to peer, just answering questions um, for based on their experience and use of the product. And then that customer marketing, customer advocacy coming in terms of, hey, how many things are people answering and like engaging with within the community? Are we doing some sort of like spotlight series to like highlight the amazing people who are adding significant value to others in the community? And that, oh, I was yeah, gonna mention, go for it. No, I was gonna say so um, of those so far, just maybe one thing that I've seen from the community of product kind of going back to your, mm -hmm. um, to, one of your to one of your points, the, uh, I think the one thing to that I've seen maybe um, go wrong with one of those is, uh, you don't want to, like you said, you want a strong feedback loop. And the, I would say the keyword there is, is like loop. Like we actually want to close it up. We want to respond. We want to get back to that person, even if it's a no, right? Like I think in customer success, we know that as well, that um, if there are often things that linger, then people are uncertain, then they start to get unhappy because you haven't answered. It's uncertain. They don't know what's happening. And so um, I would say, and I think this is a fear that sometimes that product teams, at least that I've seen had, right? If, hey, we have this product ideation section of the uh, community and uh, how are we going to kind of let these customers down so to speak and um, i think you can do it in a uh, in an impactful and kind of energizing way that still you know keeps people excited about the, the progression and kind of where the product is going but also lets them know hey we're we're taking this idea that you've submitted we're putting it through a process so that uh we're not kind of uh, we're not too reactionary, right? We're kind of not bringing off course in multiple moments. It's, you know, we're trying to kind of levy these things up against other ideas that we have and making sure that we're doing this in a kind of a responsible manner. And so um, I think just the community of product, maybe the one thing that I'll say about that. Um, and then back to, you know, the second community you were kind of talking about around this idea of it's still products, but it's a little more of the, um, uh, it's a little more of, you know, how, how are we using the product kind of uh, support aspect. And I think one thing that we've seen um, or maybe one one positive that I've just seen from a community like that is um, your customers are get actually really excited when they can see kind of other people at the organization, right? They're kind of like, oh, there's, you know, it's not just, it's not just Jeff or Joel or, you know, or uh, Kevin or Jay, you know, it's like, we've got, um, there's actual like more people back there. Oh, this is awesome. Like they enjoy seeing other people's faces. They start to develop relationships with other parts of the organization. And I think sometimes we get into a fallacy of like, Hey, your person is your customer success manager, and that's that's you know who you go to. That's who you develop your relationship with, which we need and is very strong. But uh, I think there's just a huge benefit that customers get when they can interact and engage with other people. Um, you know, they see you know people with different experiences. They see people. They might see more of themselves and other people at your organization um, and feel more connected in a way like that. So I've just seen a, a big positive um, when you start to kind of bring your bring your teams into those types of communities as well. Mm -hmm. I would definitely add that like. A surprise and delight moment is especially in like those types can be when people who actually know each other join your community and recognize someone else who's also a customer yeah um, 
it's a very exciting like moment to essentially just bring like people together who already know each other and are like oh hey you're here wait you're here too this is awesome like now we're like this is another level of like their friendship of like we collectively use this product and now hey like maybe they're going to be your person who you first reach out to have you all ever encountered this problem this challenge wanted to do xyz with it if so like how have you gone against or like gone about it um and to your point of oh my gosh did you forget it yeah you okay. said something and i was gonna follow up on it oh, wow. I, I'll, I can follow i'll i'll give you another quick thing too just about um yeah I think your point, I, I think of those as like those serendipitous moments, right? When a customer, uh, when maybe one customer comes in, they see another customer. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that is missing. There was a lot of serendipity in events in real life, right? Hey, I'm walking the halls and I bumped into Joel and I, you know, saw Joel at the same event last year, or I saw him at a different, you know, industry event. And so I think of like trying to find some of those serendipitous moments um, as like a really big positive. And I think the other thing that you mentioned that this just reminds me of too, is that the the more that you can connect your customers to other customers it's actually a benefit like you know for instance you have your community for lattice right the more that you can connect those leaders to one another um, inside of your lattice community it's kind of like lattice gets the credit right like hey where did we meet oh yeah we met in you know the community that lattice put together it's kind of like this like you said that, that might not show up in the dollars and cents um but those are some of those moments where you're like hey we're getting this this brand and this awareness and this credit that um people are going to make a deeper connection to, uh, and they're going to remember, Hey, where was it that I met Joel? And then it was that lattice community. And okay, I have a question. Maybe I should go ask it there. Right. Like it's, I think some of those things, again, it's like um, a little bit more into the psyche of a person, but I think those are some of those, those types of things that communities can also bring out is, um, is that type of connection and bringing people kind of back um, into these communities more often. Yeah. And I guess like a point of clarification specifically around like lattice's community, which and like the community team that I'm on is that our community is actually not one of the two types that I've talked about. Um, it's a community of practice. So it's actually for customers and non-customers, as long as you're part of the broader HR and people ops function, um, then as long as like everything goes well with your like application review process, then you're in. So our community is actually like specifically for the persona per se, yeah. um, but equally it's like closed off in terms of that there is an application process and review and each one is actually manually and like personal reviewed as part of it. So it's something that's like, it's not always the most scalable thing, but it has a huge and significant impact on the value and quality of the community. So I will say that that's like something that like, we've done it very intentionally here, but it's also one of the reasons why the community is so successful. So and when you, I just when wanted you to like a, call that out. Yeah. 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 And when you think of a community of practice, just to keep going along, like you said, the different types of communities. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so it's less focused on the product, more focused on the role that people are serving and like the outcomes they're trying to achieve. Is that the, is it the main difference? Yeah. So for us, for example, and other communities of practice, practice, excuse me. Um, it's really all about like helping that general persona and like who it's geared for be successful in their role in their career. 
and really taking more of that like individual stance. So let's say, hey, we want to help them be successful with their product, like with our product. Yeah. We almost never talk about lettuce in the community. Yeah. Um, and it only comes up when members really like bring it up. Outside of that, we don't talk about it because that's not the point of it. The community is called resources for humans. It's not lettuce's customer community, for example. It's yeah. very intentionally like built and called something separate so that people know it's this is broad. This is anything related to HR, people ops, compensation, benefits, et cetera. Um, and for that type of community, I think like the big things are definitely like brand is an element for sure of it in terms of recognition because it's powered by Lattice. Um, and they'll see that on some of the things associated with the community. But also just the idea of like brand in terms of, oh, this is really helpful. This is a value add resource. The content in here is good. The programs are good. Um, I've met really great people through the community. So it's not always like marketing brand. It's like just brand will and like trust is yeah. almost developed and cultivated through it. Um, but I think other things that people can watch for in terms of like successful metrics um, and things that might be impacted through a community of practice are, for example, like inbound demo requests. Maybe they learn and consume a lot of your content through the community, through your resources hub, such as like a blog or a video series or a podcast, if your organization has any of those. And then they're like, ooh, this is interesting. I'm now curious at some point in the future about how this product may serve and like may work to help me achieve my goals in the organization. And so that's the point of it. Um, and whether you on your inbound form have like a drop down menu where people can do like multi-select or just an open field where they can write in, um, you'll see some pretty interesting things from peers of mine who have done those types of open fields or multi-selects. They've said like, oh, they've seen it from like people's LinkedIn content. They've seen it from communities their organization has sponsored. Um, so it's just really interesting to see that. And I think you can also get a benefit from like a community of practice in terms of content. Like you can maybe tap people if you have like an ambassador program or advocates program for your community of practice and ask them and say like, hey, this is one of the perks of being a part of this program is that you may be asked to contribute a quote or share thoughts in a speaking engagement or in a blog post, et cetera. Um, and it gives them that like elevated stature in the community, but it also helps them build their personal brand more broadly within that space that your community and likely I would imagine company operate in and like serve that audience. Yeah, that's the way. So Gangrel Attainment, um, I would put as a community practice, right? We're focused on the customer success leader um, and similar to what you mentioned, right? Like um, it's kind of powered by higher logic, but if you did a search, I think on the community itself, uh, higher logic probably shows up in search results like five times, right? Like it's not, like you said, it's meant, it's much more meant to be um, about helping those customer success leaders that are out there. Um, and just to, I think the, your point um, was so well said around, you know, the, the idea of like the community of practice is helping that person get better in their role. And it's really helping them to feel more connected to the community at large, right? There's so many, there are so many people out there, at least for us that are doing the customer success role. And it's like, we want them to be more connected because 
they can share ideas, they can benefit the community, everything can grow, we can make this profession better, we can make this industry better. So like, that's the kind of the fabric that I've, I've seen is, you know, you can tie these people together that share templates and tools with each other. They, you know, talk about experiences that they've been through. People want to know that they're not alone and hey, you know, this experience that they've, they've gone through before. Um, and they, you know, they might not take your idea exactly, but they want to know all these different ideas so that they can take um, a different approach. So I definitely agree. And I think, you know, the, to your point, you know, there's just um, goodness by association is what I keep saying is like, you know, just higher logic. It's the goodness of just being associated with the community because it's, it's helpful to people. It's there. Um, it's kind of a rel relevant piece. So um, I definitely see that. So we've got community of product, community of practice. Is there one more? Uh, I kind of touch on it, which is the idea of like sponsoring third-party communities. Um, but on your note, before we jump into that, I would say quickly, I think like a key piece that you just touched on, uh, this idea of like a little less alone really ties back to the bigger idea of like belonging. And yeah. I think it's really hard to say that you have a great thriving community without this concept of belonging, of people feeling like connected to each other, and, like to the mission of it. Um, and I think that comes through like a lot of like various things that you have to do to shape and form that type of community to create that like feeling and sense of belonging and like psychological safety. But the impacts of it are, I would say more, fru more fruitful because people feel like comfortable and safe, like sharing and being more honest. And therefore that leads to being more helpful. Um, to others. So I just kind of wanted to like put that out there. But yes, I think like then the third type is really like sponsoring third party communities. I view it as mostly like a marketing owned kind of thing. Um, it's, I would say loosely and not loosely, excuse me, closely tied to like field marketing. Yep. Um, and it's just essentially like being where your prospects, where your customers and being where your partners already are and they spend time and then helping, whether it's through like sponsoring events and programs, thought leadership through content, whether it's like written or events, et cetera, and just being overall like good partner to the community and creating like a great space for all who are involved with it is really important. And I think that the value of it and like ways to look is it can kind of be twofold one in terms of like more personal things of like building strong relationships with people, especially like partners um, can be done very well through that type of strategy and program. But then also you can see it in terms of like, you're taking another opportunity to educate members and or like customers, excuse me, and share your expertise who are already members of that community or you're getting in front of, prospects potentially who are in the community and you're bringing a customer who's also a member of the community up onto a panel um so there are lots of ways that you can like kind of play with that but to me that's the general like idea it's much more of like a marketing owned initiative and it rolls much more into like demand and inbound i would say to a degree um, through touch points, but it can also impact like customers if they're already in the community as well. So it can be tied to like how they view it. So maybe like CSAT is where you maybe see that come up. Um, but yeah, 
The uh, yeah, and I would say that maybe the uh, only tweak that I'd put on your definition of like the the third party or like the word sponsor is like I think sponsor could come in terms of dollars. Like you could actually I think like you said right, you can kind of go invest in events or you can kind of help them you know put on events for that community or whatnot. But I also think of sponsorship, and I think you alluded to this, but I'm just I wanted to say it more uh, specifically is like getting your team involved in those communities and like making it a part of like the fabric of your culture to say, Hey, let's go. Hey, um, you know, whether it's our prospects or not, but like, Hey, if you want to go kind of invest your time in that community, um, yeah, let's go be good stewards of, of it. You know, let's go give them thought leadership. Let's answer questions on people's behalf. And so I think of like sponsorship in two ways, kind of like the dollars version and then like the um, kind of building it into your teams, building it into like an acceptance for your team to say, Hey, it's okay. like, you know, you work 40 hours a week, you don't have to spend 40 hours just, you know, punching the keyboard of your day job every single time. Like you can go invest time in this community and that's a benefit. You know, like that's a, that's like a benefit for the community. It's a benefit for us as a company, but it's a benefit for you um, personally as well. And so I think that's just another, maybe a, a way that I would think about kind of sponsor um, just in terms of the way you, you outlined it. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really good point is like, there's no, <laughs> there's no one way that an organization can also engage with a third-party community. Yeah. Like you can customize a lot of those types of sponsorships to allow for a lot of different things, depending on like your goals, your bandwidth, your team's bandwidth, et cetera. And that could be something that you all want is, Hey, like as part of our sponsorship, we want to make sure that we're investing more time in this community. So let's say like two times a week, like go block 15 minutes off on your calendar, spend those 15 minutes in the community, seeing if you can be helpful, um, share your thoughts on it. If you, if like, it's not you, maybe tag someone else on our team or like DM them privately and say like, Hey, I think you'd be able to like add a lot of value to this post in XYZ community. If you have a minute, I'd love it. If you would be able to help. Um, and again, like, I think that that's part of how you can like think about your community strategy. If that's the type of program that you all wish to execute and like build off of. Yeah. I love your point too, just about, um, you know, trying to like ping other people. I do it all the time, tag them, do all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, Joel, this is awesome. I know we're um, running short on time here and I just want to make sure we can wrap up and we can get you along in your, your Friday. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It was awesome. I thank you. The, the big thing, you know, I think the takeaway here for people is just the, is thinking about these different types of communities that can exist. So there was the community of products, you know, and that can be in kind of that product feedback and ideation, or it could be um, kind of the community of product, thinking about support angle, um, kind of getting some of those best practices, maybe of like the tool itself, kind of the product that you have. There was the community of practice. So, you know, getting outside of the product angle, thinking much more about who are you serving? What's the persona? How can you help them in their day job? Um, you know, how can you help them in their careers? And then um, the third angle, I think, was just this idea of, of sponsoring uh, a third-party community, and whether that's through the dollars that your company might give to help throw events and, and help that community um, kind of invest back into the into their members, or through helping your teams realize that they can go invest time and energy uh, in those types of communities as well. So uh, I thought this was awesome. Just a really good, to me, just like simple framework for people to think about uh, different types of communities that exist. So uh, as we wrap up, I want to give you a chance uh, where if people want to find more about you, uh, about the things that you're working on, about projects that you've got going on, um, where's the best place for people to do that? Yeah, uh, I would say three places. One, LinkedIn. I'm pretty active over there. Uh, two would be Twitter. You can follow or message me, I believe, 
on Twitter. So it's jpremac25. And then three would be if you're interested in like learning more about community. Um, as Jeff mentioned, I host a podcast on community-led growth. So you can feel free to like find that. I share it on both my personal accounts as well. Or just Google the community-led growth show. Perfect. And then we will also link all those in the description for people to find themselves as well and um, be able to click through and hopefully get more of your content. Um, I'm hoping that we can do a part two because I feel like we did kind of a framework of different types of communities. Uh, and so I feel like there's maybe like a part two, part three of us even diving further of like, hey, what are some of the KPIs of those communities or which teams do you get involved? What are some of the process behind it? Uh, but maybe that's stealing some thunder from your show too. But uh, I think it'd be really fun to to kind of think about this a little bit further. Yeah. But um, Joel, I'm excited. Thanks for, thanks for Thank doing you. this. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Jeff. It was a great time today. All right. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon and have a good weekend. You as well. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in-person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. Mm-hmm.